Welcome to Antimatterpod, a Star Trek podcast where we discuss fashion, feminism, subtext and subspace, hosted by Annika and Liz. Today we're talking about the first episode of Star Trek, Lower Decks. I liked it. You didn't expect to. I didn't to. expect to. I didn't expect to dislike <laughs> it necessarily, but I, did, I liked it more than I expected to like it, I guess, is, is where I'm at. If we can jump straight into spoilers, the second they reveal who Mariner's parents are, I was like, A, I love this. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. B, this is a fresh generation of family drama in space and Annika is going to be all over it. Exactly. Very, very true. (laughs) It was funny because they they were talking and, you know, it's sort of you figure it out right before they say it. Yeah, and I was just yeah. like, oh. <laughs> I just got very excited in that moment. I was like, wait, are they saying what I think they're saying? They're saying it. So that is exactly what I was thinking. And I was like, oh, it's an admiral and he's being all flirty with a captain. And apparently that's a vibe I really like. <laughs> and And they have a kid and she's, I just want to say, I would die for Captain Freeman, but I would kill for Ensign Beckett. Aww. I love her so much. I I loved her the moment she said, uh, "We don't. They don't have time to wait for bureaucracy. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're farmers that no one pays attention to." And I was like, "Oh, my precious little star, you know, starly rebel." <laughs> And like all through the build up to the series, I've been going, okay, so she's a screw up. So why is she in Starfleet? You know, it's not like the military. You can actually just resign whenever. But Parents. she's actually really good at being a Starfleet officer. She just wants to skip the whole learning curve and go straight into being a Kirk. <laughs> the, that's the, the reason I like it more than I thought I would like it is all because of characterization characters and relationships that's all I watch anything for right I expected the characters to be simpler maybe because it was being sold as it's comedic Star Trek and which it absolutely is but Star Trek is at its best very character driven and this is very character driven comedy that's that's the diff that's the change that's the that's what what catches me Mm. Beckett could only work as a character in a comedy because if you try and put her in a live action drama Star Trek, that's it just doesn't work. Mm. You end up either with someone whose rebel side is really kind of half baked, like Tom Paris, or mm. it's just a tragedy, like like Michael Burnham or Ensign Rowe. <laughs> sorry that I I would mm-hmm. never have put those three together but you're absolutely right that is their the bones of them and yeah and Tom Paris is very similar to to Beckett but he, they never re, like there's like two episodes where they even try to lean into that at all and yeah he's, because he's Janeway's pet project as it were yes her first it 
it does it, it's it comes across as all he really needed was Jane Way to show him the way mm. as opposed to maybe he's rebelling for for reasons maybe there's you know maybe there's something that can is to be said about someone who isn't a ticker tape starfleet officer which is what yes. Roe is about and she leaves because it's not yeah, <laughs> so. it, it doesn't work out for her. And with regards to Michael, look, I'm going to side-eye them that both lead black women in Star Trek have arcs where they basically have to learn how to hold responsibility. But at the same time, that is an arc where any time it comes up, I really love it, and especially when a woman gets it. So, yeah, I, I, I love Beckett Mariner and... Uh, I, li- I like Tendi and Rutherford and the other guy. I know Boimler is meant to be like the other lead character and he's fine. He's a foil for Beckett. Uh, he-, he does that very well. I look forward to seeing their friendship develop. But, you know, he's there. He's the white guy. <laughs> he's he's uh, the way I... Yeah, he's the character that the network asks for. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He is not a fraction as interesting as Beckett or as likable as Tendi and Rutherford. And that's even, like, I think Rutherford came off as a really thin character, but I, I'm more excited to get him, get to get to, get to know him than Boimler. Yeah, I'm, I'm basically into Beckett and Tendi. <laughs> like they, I completely mm. agree. They're there. I liked... There was this one moment with Boiler where the captain says, you know, basically spy on on my daughter, mm. but spy on your friend for, for me. And in that scene, he is shown to be sort of, he doesn't want to, even though he doesn't get along with her and he doesn't think, mm. he doesn't think that she's good Starfleet material. He... He doesn't want to spy on anybody. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to believe that that's what part of being in Starfleet is either. He doesn't want to be a tattletale. Yeah, snitch. And, yeah. and I liked that moment. It showed more depth in that character. Yes. The, re- the whole rest of the episode, he was just the guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't things. I don't dislike him. He's just there. So, but that's fine. I uh, I can I can imagine people who would really relate to him. So, mm, absolutely. I've definitely seen people in fandom going, "Oh yeah, those confidence issues, that sense of knowing knowing how it works on paper and not in real life is something I really empathize mm-hmm. with. And, and that's totally cool. He's just not a character for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe he will be someday. And Rutherford was... I I, I just need more of him. I, I got nothing really yeah. out of him. Uh, his... I felt like they were kind of trying to retread Geordie, but able to talk to women. And in theory, I like this a lot. But in practice, I like him. But I want to know more about his prosthesis and like... Was there an injury that required it? And if so, does he have feelings about that? And, you know, I just want to know more about him. I'm, we saw so many prostheses and there was talk of uh, uh, cyborgs. And I'm really curious that we have this whole generation of officers who are kids during Wolf 359 mm-hmm. who don't seem to have any problem with cyborgs. 
that's because the, the writers don't remember that Wolf 359 is this horrible, <laughs> traumatic event. We keep trying to bring it up with them, but somehow they're not listening. <laughs> but, yeah. It, I, I also don't think this is a series that should be dealing extensively. Oh, no, no, no. You know. <laughs> there were Borg in the, the season on preview, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know... Borg have tremendous comedic potential, and so I, I'm. <laughs> I always went into this series figuring that a lot of things about it would not necessarily be explored in the show, but would hint at world building that we could Ex- query. Exploring fan fiction. And yeah, yes. yeah, and, and so so far it's doing exactly what I expected, but better. Hey, I want to say that I still don't like the animation style as a whole, but I Mm. love how bright it is. It is so bright and so colorful that I'm distracted from the animation style. And (laughs) so like Tendi is super pretty. And like the the people when they're trying or when, when they, when they want to be realistic, I guess, can be yeah but they don't always want to and that's okay like because that's that's a choice that's an animation choice and i'm not saying that's a bad choice in any way it's just it throws me out of stories when there's different levels of realism Mm. Mm. um but the fact just it was just very very bright all the time it was so colorful that yes sort of took me out of every like it was like this is a heightened reality and and yeah. I was I was more able to connect with it because of that so whoever made that choice yeah I think that was probably intentional I, I really appreciate them <laughs> I found I still don't love the art style as such but when characters are moving the shadows and the way their outlines change was really interesting and often I'd watch cartoons and I start trying to sketch the characters, but these guys, their outlines were shifting and I was like, I need to pin this down. So it was much more complex than I I expected just from the stills. I really liked it. And there were a lot of elements in this episode Mm. that would have been impossible to do on... Oh yeah, like the whole spider thing. The whole spider thing, and then there, and also zombies. It was like we're going to have yeah. <laughs> Return of the King and Resident Evil in this one episode. <laughs> <laughs> so that wouldn't happen in 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 a, I know on a Discovery budget. Not only did it have have both those plots, it had them in twenty two minutes. Yes, like guys, frenetic much. I didn't really expect a plot as such so I was kind of like wait why is this happening this is I just want people sitting around tell it being funny but no no well it's Star Trek so it has to have a plot <laughs> I know I don't know what I was thinking but I the, the zombies also that they were not bright like the blood of the zombies was purpley goopy and it was that upset me I just want to say, <laughs> as much as, as I was saying that it was pretty at times, it was not pretty anytime the zombies were happening, and I didn't like it at all. 
And number one, I don't know what his name is. <laughs> he's, he's the one who, like, really doesn't look real at all. Like, he's mm. supposed to be human, right? Yeah. But he looks like a Powerpuff Girl character. And that was weird. Like... Yeah, I was distracted by his five o'clock shadow. <laughs> I just... But I also enjoyed him as such a wholehearted and fond parody of Riker. Oh, absolutely. And I love the fact that he's voiced by Jerry O'Connell, who's married to Rebecca Romaine, and they have this, like, I don't know, friendly rivalry about it, and it's just sort of adorable, and I love them. So that's really fun. It's pretty great. It's, it's just that on a meta level, all of him is great. Uh, I just think he's funny looking and, and, and yeah. weird. I just need to find someone for to ship with him, and I'll be like more into it because <laughs> that's all I that's all I really need for most things. Yeah, I, I think him and the angry cat lady doctor <laughs> is it Doctor Tana or Doctor Tiana? I, I, I think it's Tana. I forgot. I think it's Tana. Tana. Yeah, I went in as you know, expecting her to be my favorite because I always glom onto the crankiest oldest lady in the room. And uh, no, no, Captain Freeman and Ensign, Be Ensign Mariner, mm -hmm. they're so great. Yeah. I agree. I love them. I just, I was so excited for family shenanigans. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> wonderful to me. So yes. My, my shower thought for this episode is that Spock is to other Vulcans as Beckett is to Starfleet. <laughs> Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. 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 I can see that. And, but then you look at Spock in Starfleet and it's like, yikes. They must see humans, you know, full humans, Kirk yeah. humans yeah. as complete, like, I don't know, like a cat, you know? <laughs> kind of cute sometimes but you don't often yeah. terrifying <laughs> yeah and and your pet <clears throat> you try you try to train them you know you try to train them to do things like you would train a dog but it doesn't work because yeah. they're a cat yeah and, so the now they're just trying, sticking implants you know? into people <laughs> yeah they did i it was uh i i do want to know more about rutherford's whole thing um i assume that there will be an episode where he's like the, ma the main i'm very sure the main but POV I and we'll now. find out about it but i have a, a friend and yep. he is a veteran he was in the military yeah. for a very long time the navy and i whenever i'm always talking you know about star trek and about seven of nine and, mm. you know, he's like, well, you know, I know people who have prosthetic limbs and, and you know, things. And I'm yeah. Like, yeah. And I would, I, I would hope that, that we can get to them to be as well made as, as things in the Starfleet, you know? And, yes. and he says, well, one of the issues is you need to have someone to put an experimental limb on so you you not only have to have someone who needs one but you have to have someone who's willing to 
be the guinea pig. Of course, yes. Uh, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, you're you're right. I, I didn't really think about all of the, you know, you can, uh, a, a vaccine for coronavirus, for example, mm. you're going to have plenty of people who are willing to be that person. But I know several people <laughs> doing the Oxford trial. Right. So, but you know, no one's going to be like, yes, cut off my arm so that I can, <laughs> so they can try out this, this yeah. robot one. And so, so I, I think about this a lot now, whenever I see in science fiction or even in, uh, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they gave Sousa mm-hmm. a, a prosthetic limb and, you know, he was like super excited and just put it on and I was like, Hmm. You know, I wonder if he, being the guy from the fifties, <laughs> who would would really be so ready for it. Yeah. yeah. This is why I want to know more about Rutherford's choices and and if it's something that you can just get because yeah, yeah, like you, getting a new phone. You want yeah, you want better hearing or better eyesight or better whatever, mm. and. Because I, in this conversation with my friend, I also said, you know, I think I would be someone who would be willing to to say, okay, take out one of my eyes and give me a better eye Hmm. because of my obsession with the seven of nine. Like, oh, that's interesting. I don't think I want to cut off my arm, but I would replace an (laughs) eye and I would get a chip in my head and I would. Like would get like a metal spine or you know something that mm. the these things that I don't necessarily that I obviously use as part of my body every day, but it isn't like it could be better and it's not a part of me the way an arm or a leg is. Mm. Mm. So you and I are very different because I'm short-sighted, but I'm too much of a coward to even consider LASIK. laser surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I could afford laser surgery, I definitely would. Because this morning we are recording <laughs> in a different, different. We're switched where so it's six thirty in the morning for me, and I got up and I got all of my stuff together. I made my coffee. I pulled up my computer. I put on my headphones and plugged in. I pulled up GarageBand and I realized I could not see the screen. Like I couldn't read it. It was just a big blur. And I was like, oh, I forgot something (laughs) because I didn't, I usually don't put my contact lenses in first thing anymore because I don't have to go anywhere. So I just wear my glasses around the house until I take my shower and then I put my contact lenses in. And so when we're recording in my evening, I, it's been all day and I have them in, but this today I did not. And it was just, it was funny. It was like, oh, and so I wish that I didn't have to think about that. But if, you know, and certainly if it was like an experimental, we're going to, you know, replace one of your eyes with a locutus eye. And they would pay for that, obviously. They might even pay me. Mm. So... <laughs> So it would be interesting. It would be interesting. So if there are any like dodgy scientists out there <laughs> wanting a wanting a test subject, Annika is volunteering. <laughs> That's right. Mm. Yikes. How did you feel about all the ensigns basically sharing bunks in a like having bunking in a it corridor? Was, uh, it was more it or was less. like I 
recently watched the Battlestar Galactic Committee series like I do all the time. Yes. And, uh, and they, they, it was those bunks. It was, they, they had the same, everybody's in a room. And like they're mm. identical. And it's funny because it's also like when I go to Mystic Seaport here in Connecticut and I go on a whaling ship. Yes. It's the same bunks there too. <laughs> <laughs> so in a way, it's sort of like, is this really the best the most you know this is this is mm. i'm sure it's the most efficient use of space or something like that like a, a vulcan would say <laughs> yeah this is the difference between being an ensign on a galaxy class starship versus a california yeah. class so it but it is it is funny because you know mm. in next generation or even in, in voyager like everybody has cabin yeah, Neelix has a cabin, like the ensigns you know? just had to share. <laughs> like, so, so it's 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 interesting. It's like, what did was it because Voyager is a deep space va- vessel, so they wanted people to be. I don't know. Like, I, I'm curious as to why these things are. That's that's my head cannon, and the Defiant couldn't. It was just more efficient on the Defiant to have shared cabins with bunks, even for the officers, mm-hmm. than this more open situation. It made me laugh because I just recently watched the Dust Boot TV series and I was like, oh, this is just like in that show, but they're not Nazis. <laughs> I mean, okay. But I guess, I mean, I was like, they're not whalers either, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess... Also, I think the comedic potential of this situation is massive. That's true. I can definitely see it. And I've certainly seen some snippy reviews saying, well, I just did that because it's funny. And I'm like, yes, it's a comedy. Yeah, I, it's silly to me. I, that's sort of like saying it's in space because it's science fiction. Mm, it's like, mm. yeah, it is. Now, I am a person who has read romance novels and put them down thinking, there is just way too much romance and not enough plot. But I've come to understand that this is a me problem, not a book problem. (laughs) There was also a review in Vulture basically complaining that this is not as deep and complex as Deep Space Nine. And the reviewer had seen the first four or five episodes, but I'm like, have you seen? The first four or five episodes of Deep Space Nine? Because I have a word for you. A la Moraine! <sighs> people don't... People who lionize Deep Space Nine don't remember or don't count the episodes they mm. don't like uh, or that are clunky or silly or like most of the first and seventh seasons. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine. We've said many times that our favourite Star Trek is the one that really only exists in our head. But it's just a bit boring. Not everything can be Deep Space Nine. Yeah, and it shouldn't be. I I mean, definitely this shouldn't be. Mm. I don't know anyone who would go into Lower Decks expecting Deep Space Nine. Like, what? Mm. That doesn't make sense to me. Having said that, like, if they want more Deep Space Nine references in this show than in Picard, I think that would be cool. I think it's 
still an important part of canon and we should respect that. Do you think that's what it is that people feel slighted, that they think that the yeah the powers that be don't want to include Deep Space Nine in stuff? I think there's a lot of defensiveness in Deep Space Nine fans going back to the 90s when it really was, for a long time, the unloved stepchild of the Trek family. Mm. And it was sort of only rehabilitated with the Dominion War and also Voyager coming along with its icky lady stories. I, I think, understand, and, you know, as much as I complain about DS9 fans acting like their series is the be-all and end-all, a lot of people complain about TNG fans doing the same thing and with just as much justification. So, yeah, I think, I think there's a certain defensiveness on the part of Deep Space Nine fans mm. and Voyager fans and Enterprise fans and Next Gen. You know, we just need to accept that what we love is not going to be loved by everyone and that's okay. I would... But also Voyager is the best. I wouldn't want all of the Star Treks to be the same. What's the point of having, I don't even know how many we're up to now, like 12 different series <laughs> if they're all the same? No, I agree. But they are riffing pretty heavily on TNG with Picard and now Lower Decks. And I do think it would be cool to see a bit more love for Deep Space Nine and also the parts of Voyager that aren't Seven of Nine. Hmm. That's fair. I get it. But I'm also not going to complain because we're 22 minutes into this extremely lightweight, funny comedy. Right. Hmm. We, we don't know what's coming. Maybe they'll go to war and terrible things will happen. <laughs> I was thinking this morning, like, if, if, if they wanted me to do the season finale, I'd do the return of the bugs from Conspiracy. <laughs> They're intrinsically hilarious. You've got your Radmiral's roundhouse kicking people. You've got your, your insects being eaten, your brains being exploded. And it's been like 30 years since that first Vanguard came along. It'd just be hilarious. It would be hilarious. I know a lot, yeah. a lot of people sort of half want them to come back and half want them to never mm. come back so they can always ask for them to come back. <laughs> I feel like bringing them back in any other series would just be obscure fan service to the point of being alienating, but I think this show could make it work and make it funny. Mm -hmm, I see what you're saying. Like, half the joke is that no one remembers these guys. <laughs> I did, like, at the end when Beckett was going on and on about, like, she was just spouting star trek mm. at, at, at us because that it's it's fun because i think that you know watching yeah obviously with any show or you're, what you're looking for is your your particular self-insert character and yeah we get with the four main characters uh four different takes on the type of person that we fans are most likely to be. We're not going to be the Rikers and and the the Picards and the Janeways of Star Trek. No. We're going to be the Lower Decks people. And what was fun is that 
so I was I would was very I loved Tendi. I was just like, okay, yeah, she she that's she's just so precious and wonderful. I was like, oh my gosh, Tendi is Annika. Yes. This is adorable. <laughs> she she had she and... had some you know things in common with like an Esri. You know, it was like this yes. is very me. Mm. And then, you know, I said that, that, uh, Boiler just, he, I feel like I've met him in, at Star Trek conventions. (laughs) And then Rutherford's whole, like, more interested in the specs than, than, and the, and the, the duty and, and what's happening Mm. than flirting is like, okay, I know those people. I loved that, but I also loved that he was good at flirting and he really made a connection yeah, with this girl. Yes. And, you know, he, he was just horrified that she was more interested in making out than the weird safety protocol thing. <laughs> but, like, you know, Beckett is the, you know, we've discussed that she's like more like the Rolaren or the yeah. Spock on Vulcan. The person who doesn't really fit in and doesn't really... and. And has a wall up around her to, you know, she uses comedy, mm. like her, because it's a comedy, she uses yes. jokes to keep, keep people, mm. you know, to, to, to build the fence around her. And, and, but then, you know, at the end, when she's like, I'm going to be your Star Trek mentor, basically, and starts mm. spouting you know, all of this Star Trek trivia and some of it was a little bit off, but it was like so good. It was that I was like, oh, you're you're one of them, too. You're not just you're not the outsider. You're no, you know, you know you're not the, the Star Wars fan wandering around. You're you're also she's not too cool for school. Yes, she's as much of a dork as exactly. the rest of them. She's as much as a dork as the rest of them. So it was that was really heartwarming to me. Mm. I feel like if you're going to do a stuff a Star Trek comedy, it does need to be about people who are incredibly smart and highly competent and complete idiots all at the same time. I mean, yeah, you you have to do. I think that that's when people say, "This is this is Star Trek," and as we all know, mm. like I, I don't like we don't like gatekeeping and we don't like the idea yeah. that there is, is a not Star Trek in Star Trek. Cause you know, there's a certain group of people who say that discovery and Picard and who knows about this one are not Star Trek because they, in the interest of self care, I deliberately did not look at Reddit. <laughs> it's fair. I, I've never, I never look at Reddit <laughs> unless it's, unless so it's wise. posted on Twitter. So, um, <laughs> But when people say, there were a lot, I saw a lot of my friends, that I, my, you know, the Star Trek groups that I know and love saying, oh, it's Star Trek in, in yes. this sort of surprising, you know, like, I think it, it's silly and it's a comedy and it's a cartoon, but it's also Star Trek. It does have that, and it is because they are these super smart, super competent super awkward people yeah that's what all of star trek is about yeah and this one just isn't trying to pretend that they're cool right 
there's this, you know, if you, if you break down people are like, oh, the, the, and I, I'm guilty of this too. I say all the time that the reason I love Voyager is because it's not about the best and brightest of Starfleet the way mm. Next Generation and the people, the Starfleet people in Deep Space Nine are. And I don't, and that's true, but it's still a ship where the Academy dropout is an engineering genius. Right, exactly. It's like, but they're, they're just because they are the best and brightest of Starfleet doesn't mean that they mm. are aren't also ridiculous nerds. Yes, who do ridiculous things and make plenty of mistakes and can be very awkward <laughs> and are imperfect. Yeah, yeah. And if you tell me that. Beckett Mariner is in fact a genius. I will absolutely buy that. She comes across as hugely intelligent and really hoping that no one will notice. Right. You know, I can extrapolate just from this one episode. I can extrapolate an entire <laughs> childhood for her. And, you know, you, you said earlier, you know, why is she even in Starfleet? And it's like, oh, well, she, like Tuvok just grew up yes. with parents who are like, you're going to be in Starfleet. That's just the way it is because that's your life. And that's how that's your experience. And so she is in Starfleet and she hasn't given up because she's trying to make Starfleet hers instead of, yeah. So like she's not trying to fit in Starfleet. She's trying to force Starfleet to be better. And I love that. Yes. I think it's great. And she, believes in the meaningful part of the mission where you look at people and offer them the help that won't destroy their society right you know I, I love that and she's also the person who will watch while her friend and colleague is waved around by a giant spider cow and honestly that's pretty funny too once she found out he was safe <laughs> that yeah, bad yeah. was going to happen to him <laughs> That's that's how that moment worked for me because any other way and it would have been so mean. But you know, she knew he was safe. He she was just gonna let it happen because you know, spider cows got to do their thing. Think about the warp core. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> yeah. So and the but this whole like the 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 fact that there was a plot and the fact that they she has this rich history that I've already made up. <laughs> <laughs> with, with two sentences in the in the actual series it's that's I, I have no idea what I was going to say it's not nothing it's not nothing it's 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 what I respond to it's why I'm more I'm interested mm. in seeing the next episodes uh, I follow Ebbs Watches Trek on Twitter. She is in real life a YA scholar. I actually used to follow her on Harry Potter fandom. I used to stay up until 1am reading her Harry Hermione fic, even though that was my no TP. It's just that her fic was so good. Anyway. Uh, I want to read it. A... I love them. <laughs> if it's still around, I'll see if I can dig up a link for you. It is bonkers in the best possible way. Anyway, uh, she has a Star Trek fan account on Twitter and she was saying, you know, as an African-American, it is so good to see that it's not just the Cisco's and there is another black family where they love each other and they look out for each other, even their 
madcap tearaway delinquent ensign daughter. Yes. Having just recently watched Deep Space Nine in a with a critical eye, you know, for photocathing mm. reasons. And I just love how vitally important family is to all of the Cisco's and yes. not even just, you know, the Joseph to Benjamin to Jake, but also all three also try to like glomp onto everybody else and, and bring them into their family yeah. too. It's like, oh, it's you don't have, them you don't and have family? Cassidy. <laughs> And right. Dax and Nog. Exactly. Yeah. All of you for are going to be in our family. <laughs> for all the shit I hang on Deep Space Nine, what it did with the Cisco's was extraordinary. And I don't think any science fiction, certainly no mainstream science fiction, has come close to such a good depiction of a loving African-American family. And that's not to say that Tuvok is not amazing and an amazing dad, but we, we don't see We don't his get to family. see it. We don't get to see Tuvok's yeah. family. I absolutely believe that, that Tuvok and Tapel and their three kids are wonderful. Like, I have plenty of headcans about, about that, too. But they don't even get two lines for me to glomp onto. No. And no. so, yes, I... I'm super. I'm just really excited that that there's this family, and that yeah, that they care about each other, and they also have like crazy Sarek family drama <laughs> ready <laughs> ready for me. I'm just super excited for all of that. I'm just very excited. That and I don't think that the fact that it's a cartoon or it's a comedy negates any of that. I don't want to be a snob here. Comedy is as important and much harder to execute than drama. And animated comedy, we've talked about how it's not really our thing, but it's still an important genre. I think, you know, animated comedy isn't my thing because... Comedy isn't my thing. It's like the, the, the mm. animated comedy that exists, the... 30-something years of Simpsons and the Futurama and the South Park and mm. the Rick and Morty. Like, I wouldn't want to watch it in live action either. Yeah, that makes it's sense. It's just not, it's not my kind of comedy. I'm very particular about comedy. And animation. And animation. So it's just mm. going to be, it's just a... So it's really yeah. impressive that Lower Ducks has has won me Lower Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> Quack. Lower Ducks has won me over to the point where I'm excited. Like, I I didn't watch it first thing yesterday. I watched Agents mm. of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then I went, then I was, like, working for um, the morning, and I pulled up Twitter, and I saw... Like it was it was promoted by CBS and I was like oh right yes. that's today <laughs> like I forgot <laughs> that it was premiering yesterday and I had to get myself ready to watch it like I was really mm. scared that I was going to hate it and that all I was going to be able to say in this episode was 
I'm really sorry, and I'm sure there are <laughs> lots of people who are into this and, and connect to it, and I'm really happy for them all, but I couldn't do it. So <laughs> I'm thrilled. I'm, like, beyond the moon. Like, I wouldn't give it – there was a, a poll, you know, it's like, how, what grade would you give with this episode? And I, I think I chose B. I would have said an A-, minus, but, yeah, you know, it's not, not quite there yet, but – it's a pilot, like, right, by Star pilot. Trek pilot standards. So, you know, the, the fact that I wanted to vote in that poll <laughs> is, mm. is really, like, a big deal for me. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm super happy that, that... I'm happy that it exists for people who really do... who love all of those shows, that I mm. mentioned who, you know, and, and they're, they're different. There's different fans of different things, but certainly I would say that like a Futurama is very popular in Star mm. Trek circles, at least Star Trek comedy and, and people who like animation, <laughs> not me. Yes. Circles. <laughs> so like, I was really happy for them that this was going to exist. And, you know, I think I said last time, it's like, it's okay if it's not my favorite thing because there's plenty yeah. of other Star Trek that, that is. But I'm, and I enjoy watching it. I will, I look forward to this season. I think that there's going to be things every episode, like weird number one and zombie blood that is going to make me look away from the screen and, and have to like, <laughs> you know, chill out a little. And, yeah. but the, the characters have already, even the ones that I'm, that I don't care about yet, I'm interested to find out about them so that I can care about them. Like, yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to sustain a weekly episode for this like we would for Discovery. And just, just to state up front for our listeners, we're not doing that. We're not doing 23 consecutive weekly episodes. Oof. I would die. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. But, so we're going to keep to our two weekly schedule until Disco comes back. But I, I really enjoyed this and I'm happy to keep checking in now and then and see how the season plays out. Mm. Yeah. Also, the monkeys joke, I laughed so hard because the monkeys are my best friend's favourite group. And one of these days when we get our act together, we're going to start a monkeys podcast. Oh my gosh. Because she's a, she's a super fan and I've maybe heard two songs. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I remember watching the monkeys. It was another one of those, like, I, I, I grew up with no cable television. So mm. we got some of the networks and PBS. But PBS had ridiculous things like, old Doctor Who and the monkeys. <laughs> Amazing. So, what more do you need? Right, exactly. So I just, like, I remember those. And then I, I remember on one of the other channels we got had, like, moonlighting. <laughs> like, the things that my brothers and I watched when we were six, seven, eight years old is ridiculous. It's just like, what, what is going on? Like, the monkey's joke was very sort of insider baseball because it's a throwback to TOS and Chekhov. And, yeah, you know, like, yeah. And so, like, I, it was very 
Star Trekky, you know, to me, of course, I, I have, was like, why can't this be Taylor Swift? Why does it have to be the monkeys? Is the, you know, why is the Beastie Boys? Like, where's, where's the music I listen to, li- you know, living on into the 24th century? But look, I think we can guarantee that Ensign Tendi is a massive T Swift fan. Right? She's a Swifty. Tendi to Swifty. I'm going to. Well, I'm gonna draw a little, a little thing, a doodle of that because it has to happen. Quickly before we wrap up, I just want to say I was mildly impressed that they managed to get Mariner into her underwear, but it was drawn in a way that was attractive but not exploitative. And then it was Boimler who ended up naked, but for the modesty slime. <laughs> modesty slime. I, I really want to title the episode that. Now. <laughs> Also, I've had a whiskey sour and a glass of wine tonight, so this is why we don't usually record in my night time. <laughs> because of modesty slime. That, I mean, that's an amazing it's phrase. Exactly it's exactly what perfect. it was. It's absolutely perfect. Yeah. And yeah. I wanted just to say quickly before we wrap up that, and this is sort of related to your, your underwear note, in that uh, Tendi, I'm hopeful is the gala that i didn't get because she immediately yeah. got sent off to a different ship <laughs> and because she has she tendy is the fanfic version of gala like <laughs> yes yes but also tilly is sort of the fic version of gala, yes. just not green right like there's there's this we we put we put these traits onto her because she didn't get enough screen time. Yeah, yeah. So we were like, okay, well, this is who she is. And I yes, uh, a Tilly and and a Tendi are you know get get you that fake version of Gala. And I just you know I am super excited. I went when we first saw the designs i was super excited that there was going to be a main character orion girl like about freaking time because we we need to fix the orions god so badly (laughs) and up until now the best one we had was gala (laughs) and she has like five minutes of one screen time two scenes and and she's in her underwear so it's it's like she's so I'm, I'm super excited for Tendi, if that wasn't clear. It, it was clear. I've no, <laughs> marked in our notes, she's the Orion embodiment of the heart eyes emoji. Aww. And I think ever since Sonia Gomez in Next Gen, we've been crying out for a really, really enthusiastic and competent female character. And now we have Tilly and Tendi. Thanks, Star Trek peoples. I hope the Tilly Tendi shippers, sorry, no, the the Mariner Tendi shippers and the Michael Tilly shippers get on. Yes. Right, I mean, definitely. And I, so, <laughs> I, of course, already have all sorts of, like, the, the series by the end, it was like Tendi and Rutherford and Mariner and Boiler, and I was like, no. <laughs> Tenti and and Mariner for sure, uh, and those those other guys can 
can figure it out. I, I do think that, mm. that I, in, in my, if I were in charge, I would make Boiler have a thing for Beckett, but I would not make Beckett have a thing for Boiler. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, so far, I mainly ship uh, Beckett, um, Mariner's parents. So right, I, that's fair. Yeah. That's good. They're the best. I have a type. <laughs> okay. We're probably good. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we've said discussed enough. as much as we can. It's I'm I'm positive though. I'm positive about it. Yay. I'm really excited and I'm happy to have something new to look forward to. Yeah. Pages <laughs> yeah. of Shield is ending next week. Oh six. no. Forever? Sad. Yeah, forever. Series oh, it's finale. A, it's been on for a while. It has. They've told That's a lot still. of stories, and uh, but this that like the final season is by far the most cohesive, which makes it by <laughs> far the most the best. And I'm just really, I've been really enjoying it. I like it. I love it when series go out on a high note, and absolutely, it, and you don't feel like they've overstayed. Yes. So, so go Agents of Shield. <laughs> Very proud of you. Thank you for listening to Antimatter Pod. You can find our show notes at antimatterpod.tumblr.com, including links to our social media and credits for our theme music. You can also follow us on Twitter at, at @antimatterpod, and we're on Facebook. If you like Woo! us, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume your podcasts. The more reviews, the easier it is for new listeners to find us and tell your friends. And join us in two weeks when we'll be playing a fun game where we bring characters from other universes into Star Trek. Yes, it's fan fiction in podcast form. It's basically that thing where we pitch spin-offs but are pretty upfront about where we've stolen our ideas from. <laughs> yes! Exactly. It's gonna be great. Okay, I'm going to bed. <laughs>